out, we'll call out, we'll come to play. Just for recreation's sake, to pass the time away. Lots of fun, heaps of fun, enjoy yourself today. North Melbourne boys are hard to beat when they come out to play. So join in the chorus, sing it one and all. Join in the chorus, North Melbourne's on the ball. Good old North Melbourne, the champions you'll agree. Hello and welcome to the Drew Petrie edition of the Stern Look on Kangaroos Forever. For tonight, we have Quiv and Philly Roo joining us. Welcome. Good Good to have you on. Before we get started, I thought I'll focus on Drew Petrie, seeing it is his 300th match. So, Philly, I just want to ask you what was your fondest memory of Drew over his career? Well, I'm going to roll out two. From, from his actual career, my fondest memory, I'm going to call it the elimination final against the Cheats. Not last year, but the year before, when he uh, he had a, probably a pretty downish game, but just turned the game on its head by kicking those two ridiculous goals and pulling out Frank the Tank. I thought that was bloody good. But um, my real memory from Drew is I actually went to school with Drew Petrie, and I was two years above him in school, so I'm a little bit older. But um, I remember a pretty tall kid that was pretty overweight, to be fair, and he could not get a game in the Year 10 team at our school, Not you know, let alone first or seconds or anything like that. So he was a 15-year-old kid turning 16, and he wasn't good enough. He wasn't in the top 22 kids in his year level at a country school. So he's come a long way. He must have been really determined, must have worked really hard, and props to him, mate, because 300 games is freaking good. How about yourself, Quiv? Yeah, just a little short one. Uh, my biggest memory is, is seven goals in that first quarter against the Bulldogs. Those years ago, uh, probably my best memory and probably one of my first memories actually of going to the football. Cool. Um, for myself, my favourite moment probably had to be the Hawthorne game where we absolutely towed the Hawks up back in 2014, I believe. And he just entered absolute beast mode for a good ten minutes. He just plunked everything. And he took that mark of the goal square over the lake and showed him what a shit hacky he really is. And probably just one more, I have to mention it, the 2012 Richmond game where we kicked five on Rants in the space of about 25 minutes. He absolutely destroyed him as a defender and as a person. <laughs> so we'll move straight on to our first segment for the night. So thumbs up, thumbs down. So thumbs up, mine will have to be Jared White in his terrific form. He's been an absolute star so far this season. And my second thumbs up will be going to Two Dogs showing Bontempelli up in a one-on-one contest in the defensive 50. Very satisfying. My only thumbs down will have to be, everyone knew this was coming, the media main board whinging about Lindsay Thomas. There was some absolutely vile stuff written about him by some people and no apologies from everyone yet. So how about yourself, Quiff? Any thumbs up, thumbs down? Uh, obvious thumbs up is we're six and zero. Uh, massive thumbs up there, uh, and two quick little, almost tongue in cheek thumbs down. Andrew Swallow, when you win the toss, will you please kick <laughs> down the cheer squad and in the last quarter? Every time you win the toss, you kick down here in the first quarter, and all us people down the north end are stuck looking two hundred meters down the ground in the last quarter. Kick down our end, and. <laughs> <laughs> Second one, just another tongue-in-cheek. Stop making jumpers. You're making me go broke, purchasing all these. I know I don't have to buy them all, but they just look so nice. <laughs> so pretty. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that'll do me. No worries. Quiv, on your first thumbs down, I've been to every Etihad game, home and away, for the last two years, and we've kicked to the other end in the last quarter every time bar one. Yeah, I know. Whether we, whether, whether we win the toss, lose the toss, it doesn't matter. We are always finishing up that other end. Freaks me out. Oh, it drives me nuts. I'm up your end as well. Stoked in the uh, Frio game when Fife won the toss and chose to kick our way. It was yeah, that's the only good. one. Yep. <laughs> now, uh, my thumbs up, I'd like to reiterate the 6-0. and And also the Luke McDonald, I thought he played a cracking game. But I think a, just a really, really big thumbs up to the recruitment team that brought in weight and copped a fair bit of shit from everyone about it. And also, I thought Sean Higgins was pretty good the other night as well. And I think I think even the Nahas bringing in, I mean, he's going to get a game this week and he's been excellent in every game that he's played for North since he's been there. Um, as a thumbs down, I, I don't think you can go past the Lindsay Thomas thing. I think it's, it's a debacle that he's been given a week. It's 
it's so unbelievable. The, the entire premise of it is disgusting. The fact that he, he tried to tackle the guy, he tried to wrap him up with his other arm coming around, it's clearly an attempted tackle. He's stiff as shit that he got the guy on the bottom of the jaw and he dropped like a rag doll. And to say he had delayed concussion and that's why he's got a week, which is what Nathan Burke came out and said today, is it's even be, more beyond belief because how do they know that it happened in that instance? Like I said earlier to the boys before we got on here, the guy touched it 44 times. So let's say he was involved in 65 contests for the night. How can they say that that's the only one where he copped even close to a head knock? I know he, he sheepdogs out the side. I know he gets easy kicks everywhere. But it's ridiculous to say that's the only time that he got touched. Now, it was probably from the Lindsay Thomas thing. But to give LT a week for that, it, it ruins the game in my mind. I'm really, really, really pissed off. That's all. Fair enough. Well, we'll move straight on to a bit of club discussion. So main discussion this week's been about North establishing its own female team which I personally believe is fantastic. Uh, so what are your thoughts and feelings on the matter, Philly? Well, I, I've actually stayed right out of that thread. I haven't had a chance to read it. The, the main idea is I heard some people... Actually, do you know where I saw it? I saw it on the Bloody North Melbourne Facebook page thing before I got kicked off by Brian Hill, who, by the way, is a softcock wanker. But he, a lot of people on the Facebook page are saying that they're wasting money. They should be using that money to pay off their debt or to bring in other players. I, I couldn't disagree more. I think any money they spend on establishing a women's team and broadening our appeal is, is a great idea. I think we've got the facilities now, we've got the setup, and we're in a great position in Melbourne. Arden Street's a nice place to be. I think the more money we spend on that sort of stuff and, and appealing to more people, the better off we'll be. Any thoughts on it, Quiv? I love it. I'm all for it. Um, obviously, it's going to take a while for the skills to get up to a, a decent level. But um, in the long run, it's going to be a really good league and I, I hope we have a real good crack at it and hope the AFL takes it seriously and doesn't turn it into some joke league where they're using experimental rules like I read um, 16 aside and, you know, last uh, touch out of bounds. Uh, Don't do that crap. Keep it to the official AFL rules and make it a real league. It, it'll be good. Definitely. Um, I raised the query during the week whether it's we should be televising, once it gets up to an acceptable standard, whether we should be televising it more often, either for, or on radio, as well as maybe doing it as a curtain tail, curtain raiser type match. So I'm, I'm not sure if that's going to match. To be honest, we've got Fox footy, and the, I'm, I'm flicking Foxtel this week. It's the last week I've got it, so a few tears shed there. But they've got that much trash on that channel. It would not hurt in the... Sl- it doesn't have to be on live necessarily, but put put the women's games on there. I mean, people will watch it. Yep. My, 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 my boy, we heard it on the radio today, and Brady said to me, oh, I watched the Bulldogs and the Dees play last year in the women's game, and it was really good. I mean, people love watching, and I've, I've seen a couple of women's games, and they're good. Like, they go in hard, they take good marks, they kick good goals. I mean, it's not as fast and as violent, especially you know, that we're talking about LT knocking people out, but it's just... I think it's a great game. I mean, it should be on Fox Footy. Why not? For sure. Interesting. In other club news, North wants full access to all young Tasmanians through having their own academy in Tasmania. So, safe to say, many opposition people aren't happy about this, particularly Hawthorne, who've invested a little bit in Northern Tasmania. So, do you have any thoughts or beliefs on this, Quiv? Um, To be honest, I haven't really thought about it much. Um, I do think that Everyone should just have access to everyone. No need for zones. Um, best person goes to the team with the lowest, uh, the highest draft pick. The team that most likely needs it the most. I know GWS are getting a, a hell of a lot of them at the moment, but that's going to end eventually when players, clubs stop trading their high draft picks for their players. Mm, definitely. Nothing to add, Philly? Oh, I think if, if they're going to have zones for the other teams like, like you just said, then, then why not? I mean, we're, we're spending much. I mean, we're not spending money, we're making money, but we're spending a lot of time and effort in building our brand in Tasmania. And if we're willing to get down there and develop talent and to to set up an academy, I mean, Hawthorne have had the opportunity to pitch such an idea. The fact that they didn't isn't our fault. I mean, why why shouldn't we show some initiative in a state that that we're attempting to, to really bring along? I mean, at some point, probably Tasmania are going to want their own team again as an earlier conversation over someone else I don't I don't think they can sustain it which 
I feel bad about because I love Tassie. But I, I think we deserve to have first crack at it if we're the ones that are willing to put the suggestion forward and we're the ones that are willing to, to put in the hard yards to make it happen. It's definitely a contentious issue. I, I agree with Quiv. I think we need to simplify it a little bit. But if, if they're going to stick with the zones... We need to get as much benefit out as, as possible. And it'll still be part of the bidding system. I mean, we'd still have to bid for those players. Or if, if other teams bid for them, we'd still have to give up high draft picks and have points in the bag to be able to do it. I mean, the, the reason GWS in particular and also Sydney and Gold Coast are, are bringing in all these players is because they were they were granted so much leverage in other ways with salary cap concessions and, and draft concessions. So they, they had... Uh, what's the word? They had money, to, not money, but they had things to give away. Like so, GWS traded away a lot of players to bring in picks to then use as points. So a, a team like North Melbourne wouldn't be wouldn't find that so easily easy to do. So when when we get the zone, it doesn't make it take. If it so happens that Tasmania's four best players are in the top ten of the draft, we would not be able to get them all because we wouldn't have the picks to be able to pay the points. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah I understand that. Yeah. So we wouldn't be able to rape and pillage the draft like the other teams have done. But we should, I think we should get first access if we're the ones that put in the time. Definitely. It's something that's going to play out over the next few months in any case. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, so just finally, the club and media have gone into overdrive for Drew Petrie's big game this week, which has been fantastic. It's the same as the Boomer stuff. They need all the coverage, so it's great for Drew. It's nice to see him in the media. He always has something good to say. And it was good to see Brad Scott come out in defence of Lindsay Thomas, as well as a few others coming out in defence of Lindsay, which was really good. So we'll move straight on to the VFL. Sorry, sorry. I just want to say that yeah. press conference with Drew Petrie they did this week uh, with the players was absolutely superb. Mm. That, that was brilliant. Well done to the club on that one. Yeah, good work. They, they've done similar things in the past, but it doesn't quite pull off until this probably one with Drew Petrie. The club rarely do things badly now. I mean, they handle everything really well. I think, and I know I, I'm an uh, apologist for Brad Scott, but God, he presents well. He speaks well. And I think it's flowed on through. Like, the, everyone, to a man, they speak really well and the, they make our club look organised and professional. And it's just bloody good. They spent a lot of time and effort in developing that image. I know a lot of people criticise that shimbone stuff and maybe moving away from that kind of thing but it was all about the image for the club and it's a lot more positive and it has that era air of professionalism yeah which is good i know a lot of people criticize brad scott for that but i i knew what he meant he didn't mean abandon shimbona he just meant we need to move a few things along yeah which is good anyway we'll move straight on to the vfl now so in terms of disposals mason wood just dominating as usual 23 disposals, 8 marks, a lot of defensive efforts, which was a major focus, and 4 goals as well, which is fantastic. He's just absolutely dominating VFL at the moment, and he should he should come in this week. I, I doubt it that he won't be in. Uh, Trent Dumont, 25 disposals, 9 clearances, 6 tackles, 6 inside 50s, goal. He's just... I really would like him to play off half-forward, inside-mid type role. I know I've said this a few times on the North Board and on the podcast, but I feel he's very well suited to that type of role. I'm going to call it. I'm going to get slated. I don't reckon that's enough. From... You, you don't think so? No. Why get is that? Get, he needs to get more of the ball. He's playing... If he's if he is going to be an inside mid in the AFL, he should be getting 35 plus in the VFL. Just yeah. get in and get it. It's not enough. I mean, he's, he's, people were having a go at me earlier this year that Dumont dominated the VFL last year. He didn't dominate the VFL. He was... One of our better players for most of the year, but he didn't dominate, and he hasn't dominated this year either. He, he's competing against Swallow, Cunnings, Zebel, and mm. others. I mean, maybe Nicky Dow, but I, I just don't think he's there yet. Okay. Anyway, sorry, keep going. No, you're right. That's interesting. There's been a, people I know have criticised his work rate, but that it's not his work rate or. No, I'm not criticising like his no, work no, rate. No, I'm just saying, yeah. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Just, I'm not quite sure. I mean, I, I agree. He Hopefully, he comes on, and I think he's. What, what he did in the games that he, he has played as a sub and those other times, he's looked good. But I just I just want more from him. I, I just want him to tear... Like, what if Nahas in one of those practice games kicks seven goals and he's four and three and he's been everywhere and, and Mason Wood's playing a different role and he, he had that... I mean, when Turner pinged his hammy on Saturday... On Friday night, sorry. You'd hope Mason would have chosen some defensive capabilities the next day because that's the spot he's taking because we didn't know LT was going to be expended. But yeah. that, that spot, that sort of small forward 
pressure forward spot. Well, it's not Mason Wood's bag to play defensive football, but shit, that spot that spot's the one that's going to come up. So yeah, I'm, I'm glad that he, what you said, he had a defensive mindset, and, and so we bloody well should have. But the, the key to him is is let, let's see it on Sunday against the Saints. Definitely. Well, they said when they were writing articles about North pressure and North being the leading pressure team, they actually highlighted that Mason Wood was one of the, for his one game. Yeah, his pressure was off the charts. Like, yeah, which is really good to see and hear. I mean, it's it's so far removed from that Frio game over in Perth last year when he 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 actively avoided contact a couple of times and it was horrible. And he was out of the team. He didn't come back until the Richmond game yeah. when we when we gave it away at the end last year. So I mean, he, I really like Mason Wood. And I think he's a two hundred game player for the club. But let's see it. On Sunday, well, it's, it's his chance. If he get, if he has a good game, I, I feel he's going to be in for a, a few weeks in a row. Well, especially with Garner. I mean, Garner's had a setback report, so he's he's going to be out for another four weeks. So Garner and Wood and Turner are probably all that, that's that one spot between those three. And guys. it's not, so and it's an opportunity for Nahas as well, who's just worked his ass off in the VFL as well. well. Yeah, but Nah Nahas nah goes kind of straight. There's no doubt about it. But yeah, well, unless he kicks seven goals or something. But but even then, I don't, I don't know how. How he holds his spot if Thomas is right, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, but it's like you say, it's a great reward for Nahas. I mean, really, he was freaking stiff to get dropped back to that rookie list spot. Oh, he probably should yeah. have maintained his spot on the primary list. It just shows good attitude. Like he knows where he's at with his football, and he's accepted that. And that's his attitude. You just can't teach that. I mean, the thing that endears me forever about Robin Nahas is that finals game against Geelong the year before last. He was in the players' race, and when. We won the game. He was flipping. He was pumping his fist. He was every time Lindsay Thomas got a goal, he was. You could see him just pump his fist, and he was pumped up. Yeah. And he's he's a he's a guy that just came to the club. He hasn't got a huge history with the club. He hadn't played that many games for the club, but he uh, he bleeds blue and white now, and, and he loves it. And the the players seem to really like him. And just to reiterate again, his is his ridiculously hot, and she sits next to us at home games. So get a game, Robin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a few things in Norfolk about that a while back. <laughs> it's out of control. Led by me. <laughs> it's so good. There you go. Check his Instagram page if you want to uh, to see what he's been up to. Yeah, it's, FIFA it's, champion. He's out of control. <laughs> anyway, we'll just finish off in the VFL, so <laughs> all good. Uh, Will Fordham's had a bit of a change of role. I know a few people have watched a video of him discussing his new role, but he's playing that half-forward mid-wing role. So pretty much like a Ford version of J-Mac. I know, I just have to fit J-Mac in, really. Hold on. <laughs> so he kicked three goals instead of, and sacrificed a few disposals playing Ford. So that adds a new string to his bow, so to speak. Hanson, Farron Ray had good games. Farron Ray in particular had a very good game. Hibbert, Hibbert was a bit quiet. Dahl had a solid enough game. Black, Black did enough, I felt. But then again, some people will disagree. I won't go into that at all. <laughs> So basically, just let me just check. So Werribee's going to be playing against Williamstown at Avalon Airport Oval on Saturday at 7 o'clock. So if you're anywhere near there, get down and support the boys. I'm sure they'll support it and enjoy it. And we'll move straight on to the questions for the week. So in terms of questions, I'll start with you, Quiv. And this is from Only Forwards. He asks, We've had previously been flying under the radar, but... With every win, we are building momentum of belief in the media about what we can achieve. Will this have an impact on the team? Um, hopefully the club or the team don't give a crap what the media say. To be honest, I know I don't. I'm, I'm happy to fly under the radar. We don't want the media sitting there building more pressure on the guys um, by pumping up our tyres. That's the last thing we need. Um, so, yeah, I, I hope they don't pay attention at all. It has no effect what they do. Fair enough. Philly Roo... Lavi Panther asks the question, Last week's game was the best match we've seen from Luke McDonald play for North Melbourne. With that in mind, from here on out, should we use that as a standard to which he's judged against? And anything less is not good enough? Or do we need to continue to temper expectations because he's still young? Well, it was his, his best game for the club, and it was probably a bit overdue after last year's disappointment. But, yeah, I guess if, if you look... At him statistically, he, he's sort of tracking okay with, dare I say, Luke Hodge after the same amount of games. And he his kicking was really good the other night. I think he might have turned it over once from memory with an average one, but he was strong. He marked really well. He took, I think he took two contested marks against that little bitch, Bonson Pally. And I think he was 
he was everywhere. He, he hit the ball hard. He, and what I love about him is he's really combative. He gets in other players' faces. He like, took on Jordan Ruffhead, who's not a small yeah, bloke. He, yeah. he didn't give a shit. And, mate, when, I remember, like, going back to round one when he, that free kick was against him for the sling tackle against Tom Lynch, that, by the way, was definitely a sling tackle. He's been fucked. I'm sorry, I shouldn't swear. He's been stuffed this year twice with really bad decisions. I think that Tom Lynch one was a good example. And the deliberate out of bounds, the footage of the North crowd just bouncing out of their seats when that decision was made, although it was a horrible decision, a beautiful moment. We looked, we were rabid. The North, <laughs> that whole North Melbourne wing, which where I sit, was just crazy. People wanted to jump the fence and get that umpire. It was, it was Jordan Bannister, I think. Oh, he's had a shocking year. And to be honest, he should know better. He played the game. Like, come on. That, anyway. But, yeah, I, I agree. New standard footy for Luke. Whether we have to hold him to that's another thing. I mean, he's probably going to have a few ups and downs. And if he doesn't play as well as he did the other night, I wouldn't be, uh, I wouldn't want to drop him. I mean, I think we, we let Luke know that he's a permanent part of this side moving forward and to, uh, and to make sure that he plays really well and to support him because, He's going to be important in that transition as some of the older blokes move out of the side in the in the next few years. I know I've asked this question before, but I know a few people have asked this question before. But in five years, what position do you see him playing? I'd love to see him, but I'm not sure he's quick enough. But um, in five years, I don't know. Well, yeah, people just... have said utility, and I'm just thinking maybe, maybe not. I, I mean, harking back again, what what position does Luke Hodge play? I mean, Luke Hodge. Goes forwards and kicks goals, stays back into the general, and he goes into the midfield, and he's pretty good in there. I think I think it'd be it'd be great if he could play that role, but whether he turns out to be as Luke Hodges, I, think. I think he will. Uh, not not turn out to be as good as Luke Hodge. He, he might, that but that's role. the role he'll play around the ground. Yeah, yeah, just utility where he's needed at the time. Jeez, I wish he had to kick that goal last week, though. Oh yeah, oh, I think he's a bit team oriented. Like he didn't, he wasn't looking at the goals. I was well up out of my seat. I was. He, so don't was you reckon I, he was looking at the goal? I, I don't think he was. No, he was looking at the goal. <laughs> yeah, no, he was my, definitely oh, out of the shot. I was just, I'm excusing him because the kick was that bad. <laughs> it was very average, but I reckon he was definitely having a shot and he just sort of pulled it out and missed it. He got excited. Yeah. He does get excited a lot. Which is, well, I love He sticks his tongue out when he's excited. <laughs> I love him. I, I love him. Like, I've got not he's a bad word to say about him. He's very passionate. Like I think I said it. To Philly last you week. You said it to me. I was about to say, make sure you tell that story. Singing the song, and he's the only one that's this massive grin on his face, and he, he looks actually happy to be winning and singing uh, the song. Tell the your other story about what he does when he walks around after the game. That's uh, I've taken Mila a couple of times by a little girl, and he's tickled tickled her one night, but he's, he gave her a footy two weeks ago, which is really nice. He he looks out for the little kids in the front row, which is really nice of him. Mm-hmm. I, I don't have a bad word to say. I look forward to the day that him and Mitch Hibar play. Those two would love it. Two yeah. more fans playing. That, that's, <laughs> that's a moment yeah. in itself. I, I actually see Hibar playing with him next year in probably a similar position. Anyway, we'll move on to the next question. So, Quiv, Taz wants to ask, what chance is Boomer to be set alight by the St Kilda Dwarf Burners? (laughs) 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 Wasn't wasn't that, um, what's his name, that shit tagger? He doesn't play anymore, wasn't that him? Clint Jones. Clint Jones, that's him, yeah. That's what I answered as well. (laughs) Oh, there you go. He doesn't play anymore, I don't think so. The chances have dropped significantly. It's surprising how many dwarfs do play for St Kilda. They don't burn them, but they burn other ones. (laughs) 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 Especially Stephen Milne on the list. Anyway, we won't go there. We won't go there. Anyway, the next question is from a poster that's already banned. So, Jacobs, who I'm pretty sure is Brett33, Higgins to wait, Mystic Mac. He's already suspended, but anyway. Um, Philly, what's your thoughts on resting players? Good idea or sticking with a winning formula? I think it's a good idea, but it's not a good idea this week. I think the killer are a really good side, and I think to get to 7-0 and would uh, would it would set up our... I know I probably said it last week, but to win this week and be 7-0 and would set our season right the F up, especially with the two games coming we've got. I think we could happily rest a couple of good players against the Cheats and also a couple of good players against the Blues and still win the game. And I think that winning this game this week is infinitely important. We've got to go in as full strength as we can. If the rumour that's going around about Goldie not being right is correct, I'm, I'm happy for Madge to come in and crack in. But um, apart from that, I'd like to go in as full strength as we can. Mm, really good. We'll move on from that. So we'll get straight into the review of the Bulldogs game. Um, it was an absolute slog fest on Friday night. It was a big contested game, as I happily predicted. It was, wasn't the 
match the round, I don't think, by a fair margin. It was a bit of a slog fest, as I said. It was a massive build-up by both clubs, and credit where credit's due, the crowd turned out in big numbers, which is fantastic. In an overall context, our defence was the best it's been all year. Our pressure was just consistent. We tackled hard. I don't know how we can tackle 90 bloody times plus and have only about five or six holding the balls. That just doesn't make sense to me. Anyway, in terms of individual players, Thompson was just absolutely superb, as was Wright coming back from a minor injury. Hopefully he gets up this week. Atley and Taz were just very consistent. Atley's had a last two weeks have been very good. I've been very happy with him, even though they've been contrasting weeks. One week he's been rebounding, other weeks he's been defending well. Thompson in particular, he just gave Stringer an absolute bath. Uh, Wait, Swallow, amongst the best, they were just very good, very good this last week. Um, Cunnington, I know he didn't get a heap of the football, but he's tackling, and he just intimidated people. He absolutely intimidated a few of the doggy um, players. There was a few comments on the dogs board that a few of the younger players are shitting themselves over Cunnington. Cunnington's second and third efforts were top draw as well. Like I know he's not the quickest mover and he's definitely not the best runner. At the he's class. an angry little bugger. But though. He, I think at one stage he just it might, it's two weeks in a row because he did against Gold Coast as well where he just cracked the shits and said no, nah, I'm going to involve myself in this contest. Then he went from contest to contest to contest and really impacted it every single time until we got the ball back. I think, that, and that that, that goal saving tackle, amazing. I mean, shit, that changed the game. But if they had, if they kicked that, then maybe they got a bit of a run on. They did because the Cunners just ate the guy alive and spat him out. It was beautiful. <laughs> my my favourite was when he got a ball in the centre clearance and they took it like it rolled out of his hands after being tackled. He chased him all the way down to the wing to yep. just to tackle him again. He didn't care. He was just going to smash him, and he did. Now he's got a hold in the ball. He, he wanted a piece of every single player there. Yeah, fantastic. Had a really, really good game. Um, in terms of our attack, we were a bit stymied a little bit, mainly because the dogs worked hard back, and they just flooded. They absolutely flooded. People can call it what they want. They flooded. Um, dogs. But that's, to be honest with you, mate, no, I totally agree, but that worked to our favour. I mean, I read somewhere that uh, a Bulldog, Bulldog supporter wrote that... Um, the reason that, that North kept the Bulldogs to such a low score is because they, they pushed numbers back and Scott Thompson was the spare man back, which was absolutely not the case. From being at the ground, you could see that Footscray were putting all numbers back. Yeah, Everyone was back. And, and Scott Thompson was sitting inside 50 on his own while Jake String was running around trying to get a kick. And he, I don't know, it was how many uncontested marks did he get? Does anyone actually know? Or did they, did they, did they stop counting them because he took so many Thompson? It was just... <laughs> He it was three or four intercept ones at least. He made them just look stupid. Like, they'd hack it out. And that was a lot to do with the pressure that Cunnington, Swallow and Zebel were putting on. They, they were, Thomas was very good with that too. Scott yeah, Thompson Thomas. took nine marks. And I reckon eight of them were uncontested. Oh, maybe, yeah, about seven. There was a couple contested against, technically contested against Stringer, but it wasn't really. Right, Stringer's a tool. Stringer and Bonds and Pally are the biggest front runners I've seen on a football. We kept him to zero two. Yeah, and he got two behinds, and he got absolutely smashed. Like, Bontopelli's a bitch. He, when it got tough, he got hit. I love how he got outran by Tarrant. I know Tarrant's not slow, he's quite quick, but people going, oh, Bontopelli's just too quick for Jacobs last year. And then, do, you know what, do you know what? My favourite Tarrant moment of the night was when he didn't punch, but he hit Bontopelli in the chest, and then Bont hit him back, and then Tarrant hit him back harder again. And then Bond sort of just gave him a little nudge, and then Tarrant smashed him in the chest again. Like he <laughs> refused to let Bond and Pally hit him the last time, and refused to let Bond and Pally get one over him. And he just Bond and Pally looked like there was shit running. Well, about when he, I bet when he smashed Liber on the wing, oh, he absolutely destroyed him. I know he chopped on his ankle a little bit, but he absolutely destroyed him. In a he's shepherd. just he's. Oh. Tarrant, if Goldstein, was, if Goldstein wasn't on our side, Tarrant would be our most important player by us. Oh, bloody oath. Followed by, I know people might say this is weird, but Petrie, for just cracking in against three or four every bloody week. Well, that's what Petrie does. He gets the ball to the ground. He's, he's always double teamed. He's, he's he structure. That's gets what he gets the ball down to the ground and lets everyone else get it. But how he does he draw, have to be kicking how the goals. Does he draw them all in? I don't understand how he does it. He draws, I think they're worried about He draws three men to him every it's because time. Because what they do is they, when they don't separate, they tend to get Waite and Brown leading with them. And then Brown and Waite just, they spiral off to the sides. And that draws them in. And when they kick it in, Brown and Waite just go to the sides. 
I think they're they're worried as well though because he's such a good contested mark. If you leave him one on one, he's going to get it nine times out of ten. Yeah. He may not convert as much, but if you're getting that much of the ball in the 50, it's going to hurt. Speaking of conversion, how bad was that kick at goal? <sighs> yeah, that's I just funny. don't mention his kicks at goals these days. <laughs> that was, oh my God. You get what you get with Drew. Like, you just accept that happens and just oh. move on. It just makes life so much easier. It yeah. really does. Um, so just basically, see me. What were you talking, Philly, about the game here? Did you see it? I, I really liked it. The first thing I said after the game was lots of happiness. But then the, my first actual thought about the game was that it, it really shows that we can win in multiple ways. And I think Brad Scott said it after it, and so it's going to sound like I'm copying of what he said, but I, I swear to God I said it, that it, we can show that we can win in a shootout. We can show that we can win when, when you know, we're going pretty well and the other team isn't going great. But this week we show that even though they put multiple players behind the ball and turn it into a real scrap, that we can scrap harder and we can tackle harder and we can intimidate and we can control the game. We never look like losing. Not at one stage do we look like losing that game. And it was the that it was the most convincing sixteen point win you'll ever see in your life. And we scrapped it and we beat them at their own game. I was yeah. it was beautiful. And you, you you said earlier, um, Kayfor, that it wasn't the game of the round and it, you know, it wasn't that pretty. And you're right, it probably wasn't. But as a North fan, mate, it's my favourite game of the year because we really just stood on their throats and it was beautiful. Yeah, I, I loved it. I I thought it was a great game. I don't know how it looked on TV. I haven't gone back to it. It was crap. It <laughs> but at the ground, the, the crowd was alive. It was bloody great. And I don't know, when, when's the last time we've kept the team to 45 points? Yeah. Uh, that's, that's incredible. Yep. Uh, yeah, it was... It reminded me of that Sydney game in Sydney when it was raining that... I just felt that the defence just wouldn't be scored against yeah. at all. I've watched the replay a couple of times, and I get what you're saying about it wasn't beautiful to watch, but as, as a neutral, it probably wasn't. But fuck, I loved it, mate. Like, I, I love seeing Luke McDonald run away with the ball. I love The contested stuff was brilliant to watch. That's what I loved about it, though. And, and J-Mac just dealing, like not missing a target. And the composure in the back line was sick as well. Atley and Jacobs, Jacobs was... I want to mention him. Sorry I keep yeah. interrupting you, but... That was the best game I've seen him play. I thought he was really good. That, really that good. mark, jeez, uh, even even Dennis, even though Dennis doesn't really talk about it as much, he he actually stopped and commented on it for once. How good was the mark running back with the flight? That was just crazy. It led to a goal too. It was, it was fantastic. Just want to say, Jamie McMillan, one hundred percent disposal. Yeah. And Sean Atley with ninety two point nine disposal yep. efficiency for someone that's got a massive knock on his disposal efficiency. That's a bloody fair effort. But the, the, the play that sticks out to me there was when uh, Atley was running with the ball and J-Mac peeled off and Atley went to handball it over the top and the guy jumped up and sort of brought it to ground. And just the way they could have panicked and the guy could have had a stoppage, but Atley no, went, got it. went and got it back, gave it to J-Mac, J-Mac runs away with it. And I think, I don't know if they've got a goal, but just their second efforts and, and how calm they are now. Not, they don't panic. You can't get un, under their skin. And, it's composure I mean, this year. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think that when we play Hawthorne at the G later in the year, that's going to be a real test to their composure because in the past Hawthorne have rattled them a little bit. Yeah. But, um, oh, mate, we're, we should bully St Kilda this week. We really should. We're, I, hope, we're, I hope we do. We're bigger, stronger, better. Just big games from Cunners and, and those boys will just, they'll, they'll just, they'll fold after halftime. I think, as I said earlier, I think they're just a younger version of us, to be honest. I, I really do see some really good development. They've got some fantastic midfielders, some good small forwards. You can see a team there for once that you probably, probably wouldn't have seen in earlier years. But we may as well move on to the preview then. Yep. Um, so, as I said, the Saints, I think, they're a much improved team this year. They really are. Um, in terms of... We'll move on to ins and outs. So, basically, ins and outs, there's no confirmed yet, but Mason Wood, Robbie Nahas, Mullet, McKenzie, Dorr, so they're on the extended bench, and obviously Thomas is out with that bullshit suspension. And Turner out with his hamstring, he might be out for... a I'm not going to say two weeks because that's just getting tired, that joke. And for St Kilda, they brought in Murdoch, Hugh Goddard and Lonely. So they're probably bringing Goddard. That'll be about it. But I'm not sure who for. There's not a lot of room in their back 50. Maybe a Webster. We'll wait and see. How do you see the actual match playing out, Quiv? Um, it'll be good. It'll be a lot closer than the ladder suggests. Um, I'm extremely confident we'll walk away with the win. But... We can't take the Saints lightly, that's for sure. They're um, 
they're a high possession team. I think they're second behind the Bulldogs in controlling the ball. Um, and they like to move it quick, and when they get it in there, again, like the Bulldogs, um, they can score quick. Uh, we saw that last week with, uh, what's his name? Was it Membry? He kicked five goals. Yeah, who predicted yeah. that spike in five goals? Yeah, <laughs> really, just just really quick ball movement, and obviously Nick Rewalt and Josh Bruce, they've kicked 27 goals between them this year, so yeah. they're getting on the scoreboard quite regularly as well. Um, Jake so. Ewings is very good. There's a few small lads that just run through there. They've got yeah, ta- they've, absolute talent. They've got some young stars scattered throughout the team, and they're going to be a very good side in the future. Um, they've just got to build off it. I mean, they're still what, they're still two and four or something, you know. So, uh, but yeah, it's definitely a worrying game if we take it lightly. Definitely. How do you see the matchups just before we get into any tactics or anything like that? So, who do you see going to who? Uh, I think. One we got to quell is Nick Rewalt. On a, um, he's running up the ground a lot further this year, playing as almost a winger and then sneaking into the forward line for some goals. We got to stop him. He's the guy. So who follows him. him up the ground? Because we can't get Thompson dragged out the fifty. It's just doesn't. I think we got to not double team him, but Thompson Walsh is inside fifty and oh, J Mac. Yeah, J Mac yeah, could run with him all day. I'd say um, outside the fifty. Um, put him in a defensive role against him, and then you know if he turns the ball over, J Max already halfway up the ground. And he can run. Yeah. So, um, the other one we got to really stop is uh, what's his name? Steve. Stephen. Yeah, Jack Stephen. Uh, he's just an animal. He gets the ball. He uses it well. Oh, he's an absolute gut runner. He is. He's. And yeah, he can just run all day. Uh, he's quick. And I don't see. Um, uh, Got his name again. Memory doing much this week. There's a flash in the pan game. So as long yeah, well, Fredo will go to him. Yeah, yep. Tarrant will sit on Bruce because Bruce. they're yep. like for like. Um, Billings probably an Atley, maybe a right. I was thinking of Sam right. Yep, definitely, and probably Mitchinson that will be Atley. Yeah. Uh, Gibson probably maybe on a Noons type. Del Santa yep. probably go to Anchors or Armitage. Cunnington would just go head to head with one of those two. And midfield, it's pretty much just head to head. You expect that from both yeah. sides. We like playing head to head football. In terms of their back line, their back line's not, embarrassing. It's undersized. Let's just say yeah. that. On the how Webster's got the game. Well, yeah, Un- Geary Devstar Webster, it's not a very imposing Un- back Undersized back lines don't tend to play that well against our throw. So I think, I mean, that's where we, if we get on top in the middle, forget about it. We can win this thing comfortably. But. That's going to be the key. The, mid- the, the midfield's going to be a bit of a bit of a battle, I think. The only one we need to sit on because Montagna won't be at half back. That's just not going to happen. But Savage, he's the one that he's the one that leads their goals. Is he's the only one that can kick in that back half besides Dempster? Yeah, but he leads goals. I didn't think he was getting that much of the ball, to be honest. But it, uh, he's one of the ones, one of the pivotal players. I think. I think he's one of those bet players that uses the ball well. And he, can be, oh, he definitely uses the ball well when he gets it. Oh, no, mate. It, it maybe it's ball. just me, a bit of bias. I quite like him as a player. Um, yeah, it is undersized. So Dempster, he'll probably go to, where do you reckon, Petrie? I'd say Petrie, and then plus three others. So, or Sam. Dempster can't go to Petrie, can he? Well, who's, their, who's their other how, option? How Let's that bring Goddard in. But even then, Goddard will probably go to someone like a Brown. And then Dempster will probably go to White. And Fisher will go to Petrie. Hang on, how tall is Dempster? Dempster doesn't strike me as being big enough. He's for like him, he's he? like a Fredo source, maybe a bit tall. I think he's about one ninety one, one ninety. Yeah, he's one ninety one. Um, Webster's Webster's about that one eighty eight, one eighty nine type. Unless they bring Goddard, if they bring in Goddard this they're going to bring in Goddard for sure. They got him, even though he's he's still very raw. Goddard, they're they're rushing him in too much, I believe. But anyway, they're pumping development into him, which is probably a good thing. It's just too undersized. Yeah. Unless they Absolutely put in the best pressure effort. I just don't see them winning. I really don't. I think we'll sit on Ray Walt and double team like we always do. Bruce will have a quiet game. Like do they still have Delaney on their list? Uh, Luke, yeah, I think so. I'll double check that, but yeah, keep going. Why, why is he not playing? Because he's a spud. Yeah, even Saint Depot has finally found out he is. Um, yeah, he's still on the list. Yeah, he's too, Jesus. Anyway, uh, how do you see the game actually playing out? Do you see it as a contested slog lot last week, or is it going to be a little bit more open? Uh, I think it's going to be a lot more open. Um, St Kilda don't have the defensive ability to stop the run um, that we're able to to do. 
uh, especially with the undersized back line. I just see us getting the ball out of the midfield, quick kick forward, and if we can just chop it on top of one of Brown, Wade, or Petrie's heads, we're going to mark it, and we're going to mark it a lot, especially under the roof at Eddie Head. Because mm. they're a bit funny at Eddie Head sometimes, St Kilda. Though. Sometimes they're very good, and sometimes they're just very, very bad at Eddie Head. They're coming off a nice win against Melbourne. I mean, they that's because Melbourne have that stormed many home in yeah, the last quarter. They have quarter. so many mental demons, Melbourne, at Eddie Head. It's yeah. really funny. It is just beyond comical how many mental demons Melbourne has. I know yeah, it's a bit of a right. pun, but that's purposeful, that one. I mean, they got smashed by GWS the week before that as well, which, I mean, GWS are obviously flying, but still. And then, yeah. But then again, three points against Hawthorne as well week before that so they're a hard team to read which team comes out uh, you just don't they're just know. a young team they really are that's the thing you'll get inconsistencies with this lot and I think there was a flash in the pan as you said with Membry I think that extends their entire squad Dan Ruckman's a good player Hickey I think hopefully Goldie's fine and he plays but Hickey's yeah he's much improved he's a, he's a pretty good player I mean and if he, if he can if Goldie doesn't play and matches I think it's been rumoured for the last three weeks that Goldie's going to miss a play. Yeah, he gets a few knocks. As much as I don't want Goldie to miss, God, I hope match plays. You do? I love, watch, I love watching match play. Yeah, I, I agree. Is it because yeah. of the calf muscles? <laughs> no, no. He's it's just very it? anyway. He's just a big lump of a man, and, it's, and he can do some amazing stuff. Yeah. yeah. We'll see how we go with Goldie. We'll find out probably an hour and a half beforehand. Yeah. Not, yeah. Although they're not before with the match plays in the NFL. Mm, true, true. I reckon they'll keep him, keep him out. As a match day emergency. Yeah. Goldie will be a very, very last minute out. They'll give him right up to the last is, minute. Is, is there actually any solid that Goldie's not? Has he been training this week? Does anyone know? Well, Rob, was it Rob? I think it was Rob Zombie. He yeah. said um, that he could reveal once the teams were listed that Goldie didn't train today at all. Oh, okay. Jeez. Maybe it's just a precaution thing. But yeah, just, I mean, I don't know. He, he could have been inside for a we know, just running on the treadmill or whatever. Or That'd be not, weird. Or any injury management, who knows. Because he gets a few knocks. Like, he gets a few grip stuff and ankle stuff. He gets smacked every week. Especially against the cheap bulldogs who go third man up all the time. Oh, that's it. Yeah, we won't go into that. Ozebel does it his fair share. Yeah. He sticks his knees into the opposition ruckman and does it. He does it different, Ozebel. Like, they... The Bulldogs engage the guy and then get someone to crash him. It's like a premeditated injure the best player on the other team, it's in my mind. Mm-hmm. Whereas I don't think... I think Zebel literally tries to kill the contest, hit the ball. And oh, he absolutely fierce. Like the other guys, they tap it, but he just... He just whacks he it. He clears the area, yeah, yeah. But I don't, I don't think he... I think he just... Look, Zebel's very much Seaball get ball, whereas I think the Bulldogs blokes try to engage and, and hold Goldie down and then get someone to come in and drop a knee in his ribs. I just think that they're low-life scum. <laughs> Have a high opinion of them, don't you? Yeah, I'm right with Nate on this. So you don't think the Saints' pressure will be a major factor at all? Well, I mean, the way they played against Collingwood, I watched that game. They were unbelievable with their pressure, and they were unbelievable with their run and use of the ball and their efficiency. So hopefully we don't get that St Kilda, because I think that St Kilda could have probably beat anyone on that day. Mm. That was at the MCG with a bit more open space. So... In saying that, we're not calling, and we'll be putting more pressure on them right across the board, and hopefully get them to turn it over. And I think if if, if we're up by a couple of goals at half time, we'll probably end up winning by seven or eight goals. At Definitely. Uh, so you guys, no further thoughts on memory, Greg, Wild Bruce. You think we'll be right with them? Yeah, I, th- I think you're right. I think Spud's the natural matchup for memory. I think Tarrant goes to Bruce, and, and Rewalt Thompson when he's at home and goes away from home, then. Jay Mack, Jay, Jay Mack, McDonald might follow him up. He does that now and again. He might, but I think often when Luke's running or after someone that got a lot of running ability, he starts to labour and his running style turns into a bit of you know, <laughs> something. Something you'd see in under eight girls, four hundred metre no, event. It's not as funny as um, Thompson's goose step running. That <laughs> yeah, that, no, that you're right. Uses me. I don't know how he runs like that. It's right there beside it, though. It might not be quite as funny, but it, it's very average, Luke, when he's really labouring. Whereas I think J Mac in the top five runners at the club, and he again going back to it, he's, he's very composed, and I, I don't think Rewalt would would scare him if he was running. I think Rewalt would scare him when he's deep, and that's where Scott Thompson's got to take the uh, take the, yeah. the battle on there. But I, I loved watching Scott Thompson patrolling the back line last week with Stringer running up the field, and it, it almost <laughs> feels like it could be a, a bit of a similar matchup. Whereas 
he's got him when he's deep, and, and if he runs out of the field, he stays stays at home. And, and I think it will be sets it up. Nick, he's, Nick's been getting a lot of the ball up on the wing and then running in and then they've got no one to kick it to. And although Nick Rewalt's not a great kick at goal, although he's, he's still kicking, mm, it's so good. You, can't, you can't just let him go. And his marking's back on this year. Sometimes he's, he's a bit sensitive if he's marking during a contest. Like, normally he gets bumped off it now and again, but the last couple of years, but he's, that's back now, he's content marking. And we've got to remember too, he's a protective species, very well. If he, oh, fucking if, right. if someone looks at him the wrong way, he's going to get a free kick. So just don't. Yes, <laughs> it's called the llama rule. All llamas need to be protected. Oh, just, <laughs> we, we don't. We don't have one player that's quite the opposite of players that they get their heads ripped off. And Lindsay Thomas is pretty protected. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um. Yeah. Swallow used to be a bit like that. Now it's Zebel for. But that's because they put the head over the board. It's nothing untoward or anything like that. Just quickly on Swallow, I think you covered it earlier. Shit, he played well last. He, he, I, I said really, it two weeks ago. Yeah, he's been. He was pretty good the week before last, but against the Bulldogs, he he played a really good game. He, you know, he, he's still getting there with some of his disposal and a bit of a fumble, fumble with hands a little bit. But I thought he played a really good game and really led from the front. And the better he gets, the further we go. <laughs> the better we're going to be because he's just a contested ball. Mm, definitely. He, he improves us as a team. Absolutely. There, there's a bit of thought, though, that when he plays well, Cunnington doesn't play as well in terms of disposal. Well, pretty good last week, weren't they? Yeah, they were, but yeah. just in a general way over the season sense, I'm not sure if it's... It's one of those big footy myths. So I'm not sure if there's any... I don't, no, I don't think it's it because they both, both tend to go at the same ball pretty hard and sometimes you end up with them two on the ground and some little muppet from the other team getting an easy kick and running away with it. So it's not necessarily a myth and maybe they just need to... I mean, maybe Cunners has to go forward a little bit more and I think I think Wells Wells has to be almost in every centre bounce because of his clearance work. Two weeks in a row now, he's, part, he's handballed it through someone's legs and made him a retard. So <laughs> I think... The more that, that Wells is... I mean, Wells is that point of difference. He's got the class. He's got the spread. How about his um, tap-ons? Oh, and he, How ruined are they? He's, I just love his step. Like, he, he gets the ball and he takes four steps and ends up in the same spot he was, but all of a sudden there's <laughs> no one near him. He makes them all look stupid. Well, when and, he actually turns the jets on, like when he ran oh. on the wing into side of 450 and he just went, fuck it, I'm turning the jets on, then kicks it towards the centre. He's, he's every bit as classy as Cyril without the... Jeez, from all the commentators. He's a midfield yeah. version of Cyril. Like he doesn't yeah. get a heap of heap of heap of the footy, but he just uses it really well. And every almost time. every time he touches, we score. Oh, he's letting our score involvement. So we'd be close to it. He, he really would be. I think he's a fair few in front, actually. And I think in the league, he's actually pretty much top of that too. Yeah. And pressure too. He's pressure and tackling. I know people like used to bag him for that, but he's he's been really good this year with that. Oh, and he's been unreal. He's been absolutely dominant. Well, we'll move straight on to the Sam Kerridge nominees for the week. So there's, we just have to start going through them line by line. So There's no shortage of them in their team, do you? Um, I don't want to say Geary, because I, I don't mind Geary. He's not as bad as everyone makes him out to be. But Webster, Gilbert, Minchinton, Sinclair, Memory, Gilbert. Let me see who else. Is Memory eligible because he kicked five last week? Yes. If he's eligible. Yeah, but he had his Sam Kerridge game last week. Yeah, that's right. I reckon Gilbert. Oh, I know Sam. He looks um, a bit different. Yeah. He's... <laughs> anyway, what about I... Loney? Is Loney at the... He, he's on the extended bench. Uh, that's he's the forward he's... type role. I don't expect him to come in. He's the really small one, isn't he? He's a tiny little thing. Yeah, he's a small forward. Half One, forward. 174. If he plays, he'll, he'll win the carriage. If he does not play, your mate's savage, because I reckon he's... <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he is a spot, but anyway, if you say so... Um, Mitchington with four goals to have a um, Dean Kent style game. God, I don't know how Dean Kent kicked four freaking goals against this. God, he had four disposals before us, anyway. Um, yeah, Mitchington with four goals, 20 disposals. Too easy. Any other thoughts you want to add before we finish up for the week? Yeah, I'm just going to backtrack a bit. Um, Jared Wade is actually leading our goal assists, believe it or not. Wow. That's amazing. By one, just by one, he's on 11, Daniel Wells on 10. But, I, yeah, I just thought I was surprised to see that, so I thought I'd mention it. That's interesting, though. He's a good field kick weight. Third in the Coleman and leading our goal assist. That's, that's a good year. He, uh, he's been unreal. And even his, his other stuff as well. Like he, 
He tracked right back into the back line a few times last week and worked really hard and won the ball. He roved it off a uh, ruck contest and, and gave, uh, distributed the ball really well. I think he, uh, he's been unreal. He really has. Yeah, he's got a yeah. bit of confidence about him now. A bit of strut. Oh, his body's right. Everything's right. His brain's right for the first time in his life. It's just and there's not, a, there's not a better player as a member of the crowd, give you a cue whether he kicks the goal as soon as it leaves his boot, either. Yeah. <laughs> you just you don't even have to look at the ball. You just look at him, and as soon as it's left the boot, he's up and about. And yeah. It, that's great being in the crowd. His fist pump's awesome. I love yeah. it. You can Every get a bit of a jump on everyone. Yeah, awesome. It really is. And the fact yep. that he can stay in the air like a Matrix style, I just love He's fun to watch. I don't know how he does it, though, sticking the backside out, and there's, his, his arms are just so freaking long. It's just amazing, his technique. It really is. He's got a spring too. Like he gets, he gets up really high, but almost marks it on the way back down. But that mark he took towards the end, kicked the goal to seal the game. Where mm. we sat, no one even cheered because no one thought he marked the ball. Yeah, like it, I didn't was, think he marked it. It was almost flat. Like, hang on a sec. Although, Mister Andrew Slow, we would have known if you chose the other end. Just, just right. keep throwing it out there. Uh, yeah. Oh, was it? No, it was a good hard contested mark. He wasn't actually. Oh, it was a freaking amazing. I saw the replay and I lost my shit. But it, it, when he actually took it in real time, it, it yeah. just seemed like he was so unlikely to get there to market that he wasn't going to get there anyway. Yeah. It was, uh, he's an exceptional player. Oh, he's, he's been worth every penny. Yep. I don't care how much we're paying him. It's, it's worth it. I don't think we're paying him that much because they didn't even get a pick for him, did they? No. <laughs> they got squat. Ah, oh, good old Carlton. Anyway, I've just got a message from someone, I think Jay-Z or someone else. He wants to basically want us to talk about Richmond's fiasco before we finish up. So yep. basically, that's about them publicly announcing that they're only aiming for finals, not premierships. That's oh, interesting, yeah. isn't it? That's just absolutely pathetic. Uh, <laughs> and it's a hard one for the supporters because you want to be loyal to your club, but you also want to kind of vote with your feet and not go to games so if you're not showing up, uh, putting up with it. But you got to buy your membership as well. It's, it's really tough, mm. tough way to really fight the club. I would be absolutely fuming if that was us. Well, what the actual thinking was behind this, and what they admitted basically was that we created a list over four years to push for finals, and to keep that push going, they started getting mercenaries like yeah, Huey and all that, and they started bringing in players yeah, like right. that and Hunt and stuff like that, so they could keep in finals. That instead of doing an eight-year rebuild, like, say, Saints are doing now... Which are seven years into anyway. Yeah. But hang on a second. I mean, I think our list is really, really comparable to Richmond. Almost, when, when Hardwick and Brad Scott got the job, did they get the job in the same year? Is that, is that I think so. Yeah. It was close. And I, I think we finished 12th, they finished 13th, or vice versa, that year, the year before that Scott and Hardwick got the job. We've brought in so-called mercenaries as well. We've brought in Wade and Higgins, Kidal and Nahas, you know, like, we've had probably a harder injury run over to them over the last eight years. But oh. yet, we, we make prelim finals. They make eight elimination finals. This year, they're, they're cattle trucked. They're going to have to, they're going to have to start again. Like, they're this... talking, they're talking about trading Delidia on Dustin Mark. I mean, for Christ's sake. This may they're shock not... you, Philly, but, uh, that's because we got a good coach and they don't. It doesn't shock me, but I'm no, really the, no, that I'm saying that. It shocks me that you say it. But it's not only because we've got a good coach; it's because we're, we're a better club. Like that, <laughs> we are. It's 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 very simple. You're we're a better not. club. We've got we've got better supporters. We don't have as many supporters. We've got better supporters. Where we've got a better CEO. We've got a better president. Their president, Peggy O'Neill. I mean, I don't want to bag her out because she's the first woman president. And good on her. But they they just they talk in riddles. Like we. They showed Brendan Gale, incidentally, bought my pub off me and I've never forgiven him for it. He, he said things in the media last year, and they replayed it on Footy Classified, which is a horrible show because Hutchie's a big fat pre. But they replayed what he, said, what he said last year and what he's saying now. And he's saying, oh, if we've got our full team to pick, we're good enough to beat the best sides. But if there's a few players out, we don't have the depth. But, mm-hmm. Then why do you go and get Yaron? Because he's not a depth player. If you should pick, you build through the draft, you bring in free agents. Because they gave... They gave away draft picks to bring in Yarrow. This is, this is the thing. That's what people were complaining about. The fact was that they were focusing purely on finals. And that's a difference, I think, is just as much as in list management as it is differences in coaches. Because there's a lot of similarities in coaches between both coaches, but Brad Scott's the better tactician. But it's list management, which is where we've absolutely smashed them. Because look at 2014. We got three... 
key defenders. Yep. You, you can see that we're planning for the future. They're not. They're not That's developing right. it. But who, who they, look, they keep rotating people more out of the, in and out of the team, Hunt in and out of the team. They dropped marriage for Hampson. Like, it's getting, they're just rotating the same spuds in and out. They don't have any depth. They don't have the list strategy that we did. We actually thought about the short, medium, and long-term future. They didn't. I mean, it goes right back to, to drafting Tambling in front of Franklin. I mean, <laughs> honestly, it, 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 what did they do? They took Fiora in front of Pavlich. They took Deledio oh. in front of Roughhead. I know Deledio's a good player, but give me Jared Roughhead every day. Yeah, like the, without a there's, doubt. There's <laughs> con- continual dickhead moves by a dickhead club who thinks that they're way better than what they are. I mean, that thread, and I, I wrote a, a personal message to whichever mod stopped. I think it was DOS, was it? Is that a mod? DOS is a mod, isn't it? Yeah, he, 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 yeah he closed down the which team's closer to a flag, Richmond or North Melbourne. That, that thread should be reopened and at the top of every thread board in the in the land, it, some of the some of the Richmond stuff that they wrote on there is hilarious about how they've got better kids than us, they've got way better talent than us. They're t- they're high end players. Their top tens better than our top ten. Give me a breather. That, that's our seventeenth yeah. best player is better than their second best player. <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny when they talk about youth, and yes, the average age is young, but. When you look at it, who are these? Who are these young players? Mem, um, Asprey, absolutely potato that's been dropped. He's what 23, 24. Vlosten has gone back in development. They're just the young players have not developed. They just stagnate. Ben Nason got delisted. Oh mate, do you know what? I I, I think Rippers. the Rioli, the Rioli pickup probably in time will turn out to probably. I didn't be. mind it. I didn't mind him at all. But they only got him because of his surname, mate. They didn't need a Rioli. Just like there's we so did. many, there's so many other holes they've got to fill, and they get, they get Rioli. I mean, come on, you need a ruckman. You yeah, they also need a small joke. forward. They did need a small forward. But they gave up Nahas, and Nahas would have been better than anything they've got now. Yeah, they had Jake Bobby King as a small forward for oh two God. years. If I vote for Richmond, I don't know what I, I couldn't vote for. Richmond. I couldn't do it. I'll break me. It would. It would their their ineptitude is just hilarious. It, but it's beyond comical. It's actually a yearly event. It's not. It's gone beyond comical. It's a yearly event that Richmond's just going to do something absolutely stupid and hilarious on it's, or it's, off field. It's, it's actually turned into one of my favourite pastimes. Watching Richmond lose, going to bed and reading their board for about two yeah. hours while I pretend to be asleep and just giggle at some <laughs> of the stuff that you read. Like, it's very hard not to like their posts. <laughs> it's so funny. It's... It should be its own sport, reading the Richmond board after they lose. And I'm sure, do you know what, people could probably read our board after we lose. I guarantee when we lose our first game, whenever that is. Oh, they, they can't do. read our board because we, we shut the forum down. But we melt. Like, we'll, we'll do it as well. But it's well, just it's on the meltiest ones on there, but that's beside the point. It's Richmond supporters melting. Yeah, exactly. Because they melt when they win and they melt when they <laughs> lose. I just love it. They just melt over everything. But you watch. I mean, we, we could win 16 games in a row. We'll, we'll, we could be undefeated after 16 yeah. games. And we'll lose round 17 in a brave effort when we're rested players. And there'll be people, there, people saying, sack Brad Scott, he can't win the games, he should win. There'll be people on there saying, uh, J-Mac missed a tackle, sack him, he should never play for this club again. Sam Gibson, like, guarantee it'll happen because that's what... And it'll be... No, it's funny. Gasso was making a comment that the North board's been quiet and bored, and I go, just give it one loss and it'll ramp up again. And it's true. It will. Because it's, that sort of attracts, negativity just attracts so many. Well, that, that bye-bye Brad Scott thread, that exploded last year when we beat Richmond in Hobart. Mm. That was, that was when it really took off. So yeah. work that out. I can't figure that out. I don't know. He knows with that board sometimes. It's weird posters. Also, IUB's been suspended. Permanent ban too, which I'm slightly happy about. He's been permanently banned. Um, he's gone. Why was what did he do? He's been on a tight leash for. A while. I won't release too much information because this is mainly from Twinkle Toes and a few other mods. But basically, he's been on a tight leash for a while, and he's been antagonising a lot of people. Firstly, on the main board, and when he was pretty much got removed from there by Four Press, Quiz favourite mod, and basically. <laughs> Bay 13, he started making a lot of crap threads and started attacking people. And the super... Yeah, I thought Bay 13 was unbanned. Um, when you... That much of a flog, 
and it's a lot of it is goes on in private. Like basically, and you can post as much shit as you want. But if you start attacking mods or start attacking them in private messaging, like he has not had a history of that, he would have got banned for that. He was on a very tight leash, let's just say that. And he pulled on it too much. Anyway. So he'll start up a new alias tomorrow. Um, like, like Brett 33. Brett 33 is already gone. His alias of Jacobs is already dead. That last two days. It took him a little while. But it's good to have Brett still around. I know he sometimes listens to this show, so it's good to have Brett around. He's a more supporter. <laughs> He's good value. He's absolute value for money. Anyway, we'll finish up on there. We're getting way off track. <laughs> we are. It's been a long show. How long are we going for? Oh, probably well over an hour, but anyway, it's all right. Yeah, um, it's over an hour. That's all. all good. It was quality over quantity, gentlemen. I would like to thank Quiv and Philly Roo for jumping on. It's always enjoyable having both of them on. No worries at all. Thanks for having me. Fantastic, mother. Anytime. Thanks for that, fellas. And thank you for listening, everyone. I apologise about the length of it. I hope you enjoy it. Don't skip too much of it. Have a good weekend, guys. See you, mate. Bye.